For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. I usually begin my show by asking everybody, who or what are you celebrating today? Oh, my God. There's so much going on in the world. There's good. There's bad. There's a lot going on. But my hope is that for the next hour, that everyone's going to take a collective deep breath. And for in this space, that we're going to celebrate each other. We're going to be positive, And we're going to be thankful for the good things that we do have in our lives. Uh, my heart is going out to Virginia. My God, have they been hit uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks uh, and Colorado. And uh, when these things happen, it's not out there. It's in here because we are all interconnected. And uh, I don't want to start on a sad note tonight, but it is true what we're going through. And uh, we all need to take a collective sigh and we need to know that we are connected and our pulse and our heartbeat beats, you know, Anne Hampton Calloway uh, has an incredible song called At the Same Time. If you haven't heard it, look it up. It's one of my favorite songs in the world. And it sums up exactly how I feel about how this planet operates. And if we all take a deep breath and we work together, we can really turn things around. I truly believe that. And on that note, I want to talk about some of the things that we can celebrate today. Uh, today is National Cranberry Relish Day. Uh, I grew up uh, in the South, uh, South Carolina, and uh, cranberry uh, sauce was that stuff that came in a can. And that was what we had year after year after year. And those of you who have had it, and I know many of you have, it was this tart taste in a can. And I had it for the first 18 years of my life. And I never had real cranberry sauce, uh, I don't think, until I met my husband. Uh, and we've been together going on, now going on 34 years next year. And he makes the best cranberry sauce, cranberry relish in the world. So I'm thankful for him and, and telling me that there is real good cranberry sauce in the world. Uh, today is also uh, Taiwan on day. And I'm going to explain what this means. Taiwan on is not to go out and get drunk. It's that we're all tying our aprons on today because we're all cooking tonight. As soon as this show is over, I begin to brine my turkey and I get everything ready for tomorrow. I put my menu together. I have 10 people coming over. So I'm very excited to be cooking tomorrow. And it's National Jukebox Day. So we're going to be celebrating some of our favorite music, some of the music that keeps us all going. I have a few people waiting in the wings, and I have a couple of surprises that are going to stop by for just a few minutes who are doing gigs tonight. So I asked Danielle, who is one of our sponsors tonight, I want to do this right because I Danielle sent me a little promo video. So I'm going to do a share screen. So bear with me. I am, uh, this is all uh, new for me right now. Uh, let me see if I can do this. And I want to go into, because uh, I need it, Daniel, actually, in a MP4 file. And it was sent as a movie file. And I'm going to see if I can do this. Fingers crossed. This is our little promo for tonight from our sponsor, Danielle. Here we go. Skipper celebrates family. Happy and blessed holidays, everybody. I am so thankful to have gotten to know so many of you this past year. And if you've been wanting to work with me, I wanted to let you know I'm having holiday specials on my website, damseldesigns, D-A-M-C-L-Designs.com, with buy one, get one holiday offers, gift certificate specials, payment plans, and more. There really is no shortage of ways to work with me this season or to invest in energy for yourself or your loved ones. I would love to help connect you even be on the worlds of spirit and spirit animal medicine and help you understand more of your own energy work through patterns deep dive and rise to create the life that you love i will see you in the comments and happy holidays everyone 
And I'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Thank you, Danielle. And I asked Danielle before we started to pick a number, uh, one through three, and the number she picked was number two. And Tino Orsini is here, <laughs> and he's tied one on as well. So, Tino, I want to see the apron that you're wearing tonight. Oh, sure. You're frozen, Tino. I'm frozen. Can you see me? Yes. I can see you, but you it, it's a it, your connection is a little wonky if you don't mind. Oh no. Okay. Uh and Mary Ann uh just posted that she's that I'm freezing as well. Am I freezing for everyone else? So it, it's you're not uh, freezing for me, no. So but you're freezing a little bit. So can you hear me okay? Oh am I? I can hear you fine, yes, Richard. Perfect. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly, so let's just talk, and uh, Great. you'll be a little jerky in your movements, but that'll be fine. So you're wearing an apron tonight. Uh, you are uh, on the outskirts of London, am I correct? Um, no, I'm in central, central London, um, in a sort of um, very close to the West End, about 15, 20 minutes away. So are you celebrating Thanksgiving as well? Uh, do they have a traditional Thanksgiving celebration there? No, no, we don't. It's, um, it's um, we, we, you know, England um, hasn't really got that sort of uh, his historical date uh, as far as I know, no. But when I lived in, in, in America, I, I remember it very well, being a very, very special day for all, for all in, the, in the States, yeah. But not, I, don't, I don't think they do anything here, no. I watched a special last night on the Smithsonian Channel about Thanksgiving, and I learned so much that mm. I didn't know about uh, Thanksgiving. For example, our images of the pilgrims are nothing mm -hmm. like, you know, these are uh, those images that we see of the pilgrims are based on paintings of the Dutch masters and are nothing at all right. like what they were really like. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fabrication uh, in terms mm -hmm. of fantasy, of what we want uh, everyone to think uh, Thanksgiving was or was not. And the woman who wrote the song, Mary Had a Little Lamb, wrote a letter to Abraham Lincoln uh, suggesting during the Civil War that this holiday would be a great way to try to unite the country and to bring the country together. And that was, <laughs> excuse me, really the origins of Thanksgiving really beginning to take off and, uh, you know, so uh, is there any type of a celebration happening tomorrow? Uh, not that I know of, but your point on how history is depicted, you know, what came to mind was, um, you know, the figure of Jesus, Jesus Christ, you know, in in, in TV shows and in, in church sort of drawings and paintings, he's, he's portrayed as a very white, sort of blue-eyed, you know, Whereas, you know, history says he was he was very dark skinned and and he didn't look anything like the this kind of this kind of you know white sort of image that he's portrayed as. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting how how the pilgrims are are depicted in in a way that that isn't exactly what it was like in real in in reality. You know. Well, since you are not celebrating a, a traditional Thanksgiving like the rest of us uh, on the Today Show, I'm going to ask, as I do with every show, who or what are you celebrating at this time? Um, well, I'll be, I'll be there in spirit with you all in America because I, I, miss, I miss living out there. I lived in Los Angeles for a number of years and, uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of friends uh, still in the States and, I, you know, I always make a point to... Um, sort of, you know, digitally celebrate with them on, on the day. So um, what am I celebrating? I'm celebrating life, being alive, being grateful for for the simple things in life, like, you know, friends and, and family and health. You know, I think that's what, that's what I'm celebrating at the moment. <laughs> well, I'm going to bring on our next guest in just a moment. But before I bring uh, her on, uh, I'd like you to tell us, I mean, because today is National Jukebox Day, and that's what I want to celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, jukeboxes. Uh, do you have any images of a specific jukebox or 
any, you know, in terms of a, a pub that you perhaps went to or something? And if so, was there a particular song that you would play over and over and over on the jukebox? Um, yes. No, I, when I, before we came on, I was looking at the image of the jukebox and what came immediately to mind is the jukebox they use in the uh, opening titles of Happy Days, you know, and I loved that series so much, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and that, that's what came to mind. The song I, I, I love, I love very much um, played, uh, over, I could hear it all over, over and over again is um, By Myself by Judy Garland. I think that's one of my top Jukebox uh, choices, I think. And you know she did several versions song. of it. So do you have a particular yes. version? I like the original one used in the film. I could go on singing. Yes. That's well, that favorite. actually was not the original that she did. Did you know? Oh, really? That, that was no. Actually, she did. She had recorded it years earlier. Uh, and that uh -huh. but the version that she does in I Could Go On Singing happens to be my favorite version. And I've heard other versions that she's done over the years. Go and look them up because they are really incredible. Now, we're going to bring our yes. next guest on, but I've got three mystery questions, and you get to pull the number one through three. Okay. So pull oh, the uh, sorry. <laughs> um, two. Okay. And the question is, if you could instantly be an expert in a subject, what would it be? Um... I would I would want to be um, a researcher of kindness. Ah, what a good answer. <laughs> well, speaking of kindness, there are two kind women waiting in the wings, and you get to pick uh, door number one or door number two. Okay, let's go for door number one. And I am thrilled that Mary Ann Gonk is joining us again. Now, you've been here hey, a few times. Yes, I have. Yes, I've, I've been in your celebration Zooms before. This is fun. Thank you. Well, you celebrated with us when we celebrated Doris Gay. And so uh, I, I want to ask you, I mean. Redheads. Uh, what was that? Uh, we also celebrated Redheads. That was the second That's show right. of yours That's I right. was on. So do you have a favorite memory of a jukebox or... Uh, a favorite song that you would play on a jukebox? Oh, most definitely. I grew up in a tiny little town in Northwest New Jersey, Sussex, New Jersey. And the mayor of the town, Jack Prout, owned the diner, which was right across the street from the town hall. Mm -hmm. And each booth had its own little jukebox. I don't know if you guys remember that some, some restaurants did that. Oh, yeah. And hand to God had to go do mayor stuff he'd close the diner and go across the street to city hall <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah, yeah. you know no keep going i'm sorry oh no i was gonna say i i would play the ronettes over and over and over and over again when I first came to New York, um, I, you know, I, I was, you know, a, a kid in South Carolina that I did not have a social life at all. So when I came to New York, I got involved with this theater group in the Bronx where I was living called the Nerian Players, if any of them happen to see this or watch it. And they, uh, every Friday and Saturday night, we'd go to an Irish pub and there was a jukebox there. And one of the songs on it, believe it or not, was Rocky Raccoon, sung by, are you ready for this? Lena Horn. And mm. I was obsessed with that song. And so I kept playing it over and over and over until one night, one man threatened my life. He said, if I hear that song <laughs> one more time, I'm going to kill you. I must have played it like, 15 times. I kept, <laughs> but I was obsessed with it. I don't know if either of you have ever heard the song, but it's just the craziest song. And to hear Lena Horne sing it, it's just, it's just something that it just doesn't make sense. But I loved it. I loved it. Um, yes, so yes. we're going to talk, we're going to bring on our next guest in a moment, but you get to pull the number one or two. Okay. And, and what was it? Because you froze. One or two. One or From two. From one to what? One, one two. or two. Oh, uh, number one. Okay. 
And the question for you is if you could write a book, what would it be about? Oh, golly. If I could write a book, it would be about positivity and hope. Um, I think that's the most important thing to have. It really is. And it's not, I don't mean it to sound corny. I'm thankful every day I wake up. And mm -hmm. I and have been under so much, even these past few years have been so trying for the world. And it's very easy to get into this hopelessness trap. Um, Let me you ask know, you, you turn on the news for two seconds. And, you know, you, yeah. So that's what it would be about. Keep going. Be thankful. Stay in the moment. Be thankful mm. for this. We're having fun right now. This is great. Yes, we are. That's you right. Know? When I, before I bring on uh, Deborah Jean Tevlin, who's waiting in the wings, uh, what keeps you positive in the craziness that we're dealing with right now? I'm sorry. What would what? What keeps you positive? I do a mindfulness meditation every day that the Actors Fund um, sponsors, which is now called the Entertainment Community Fund. And that's from noon to 1230 every day. And that helps me midday. It's just a nice little, um, I do better with things if I have an appointment. I'm not very good <laughs> at, you know, uh, doing the exercise thing and turning on something or, you know, I, I need to show up. Um, so this, um, that helps me, it keeps me centered. And is this on Zoom? Hour just for me. Pardon me? Is this on Zoom? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you, you, you send can, me the information? I would love to do it. I didn't know anything about this. Oh, you you would love it. It's open to anyone in the um, um, uh, Entertainment Community Fund, ECF, which used to be the Actors Fund. Yep. I'll send you the link to it. You can, um, you'll love it. You'll love it. Well, I love the uh, I love them. Fun. I just got my Encore Award yesterday uh, uh, for the work me that too. I done. Yes. <laughs> so, I yes, yeah. thank you for letting me know about this because I would love to get on board uh, with that. That's wonderful. And on that note, someone that I think is in the midst of craziness is someone who's always positive, and that's Deborah Jean Templin. And uh -huh. Deborah, I'm, before you speak, I want to let everybody know that although you're virtual today, Everybody can see you in person uh, because you're going to yes. be uh, at Urban Stages. And interestingly enough, I got a Christmas card today or a holiday card uh, from Michael Colby. And this was in the card. Uh, the first one. I, he's always the first one every year. And this arrived today. And there you are. And now you're on the show today. So how are you, first of all? I'm good. I'm good. I, I was just... So grateful that uh, Marianne brought up uh, the mindfulness um, time with the with ECF. I just keep keep saying Actors Fund, but you know it, that way Entertainment Community Fund it, it embraces more people. Which uh, they did a a ten week workshop during COVID, and it really really helped because I was pretty much in my apartment all the time, but. Um, I think that the other thing that happens sometimes is somebody will say, well, what are you working on? And, you know, as yeah. actors during COVID, it was kind of like, well, <laughs> we can go to see Richard Skipper. We can do things on Zoom. <laughs> what are we working on? Um, I am so happy in my heart to be able to say I'm going to be, I've been working on the song I'm singing, which is Michael Colby's lyrics. Um, and I'm so excited about performing on December 11th. We're making a record on the 12th and we're doing another performance on the 13th. So he is, I mean, Mr. Merrick was very good with publicity, but I think Mr. Colby is really good. <laughs> I mean, there's no stopping him. I mean, he, he, he really, as we all know, Michael Colby grew up at the Algonquin Hotel. And there is something about hospitality that maybe is in his veins and he loves the theater. I just want to say when I first came to New York in 1977, a friend of mine, an actor friend said, well, you've got to come go down to the Algonquin and sing a song. And somehow I got to sing there and I knew the Algonquin because of Dorothy Parker and the round table. But to actually be there, I went, I'm in New York now. Then I auditioned for a show, Charlotte Suite, which oh. 
Wolby wrote, and I love the show. It's it's kind of complicated, but I love the show. And I got called back, and I didn't get it, but I wrote him a note to say how much I love the show. And the late Mr. Hirschfeld must have done like six caricatures uh, in the New York Times about the characters in the show because they were very complex and interesting. Mm-hmm. In my in my life, I um, I've done interesting jobs with people in show business, and I was Madeline Guilford's personal assistant before her passing and she was some she was jack guilford's widow and madeline was wonderful and she was always like this deborah Jean, there's leftover pizza let's have some people come (laughs) over do do they know each other i'll introduce them fine and so she was always introducing people and at her memorial i ran into michael colby again because he was a good friend i think he was a good friend of madeline maddie and um i think people there are people in the theater who are, who are real mockers. They make things happen. And mm-hmm. so I know that as a uh, performer and a, and a mother and a lover of theater, Maddie would be so proud of what Michael's doing. And I think as an activist, she would also be very proud of the song that I'm singing. I'll leave that as a surprise because that everybody should have some surprises. And, um, I guess that's what I've been thinking about. I'm just very happy to ha- I, to be working on something that has something to do with singing. My late father often said the only thing that got him through life was singing. And I think the only thing that got me through the pandemic was doing Zoom concerts to people that were shut in through um, Sing for Your Seniors. Or every Monday night I sing with a a group of people, Claudia Catania is a former member of the Met that she teaches. And we, we sing on Monday night and I, any way to connect. And when I heard that I could be on your show, I went, that sounds like fun because Richard is fun. Well, thank you for that. Um, I'm going to ask you a question and then I've got someone who just popped on. I can see him. So I know that you're there. He's waving to me. We've got a surprise everybody uh, because he is at a gig tonight and he is celebrating a birthday as well. And I just, I reached out to him this morning and I says, can you pop on? And he says, if I can pop on for a few minutes, uh, he said a gig. So, um, but the question is for you, if you could never work again, how would you spend your time? I'd write. I, I, I have, I counted them um, because I couldn't really perform during COVID. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I filled up 15 journals. I, wow. I write. I, I've had a writer's callus on my finger. Well, excuse me. I didn't, no, that's fine. <laughs> I've been writing for a long time. Something long you want to tell time. me, Deborah? But you know, like you're holding, a, you're holding a pen and you press yes. really hard. So you end up getting this uh, writer's callus. Yes, yes. And um, putting words together. I grew up on a dairy farm in Minnesota and I uh, was, somebody said, was it cold in Minnesota? Was it cold? I said, cold. Cold? It was, it was 30 degrees below zero. We walked down the road to catch the bus. Wow. In the sixties, it was, it was like when it got to be 60 below, my father came in and he said, okay, then Yase, we'll give you a ride. And this was like hysterical laughter with dad, with mm-hmm. my father, loved him. But when I saw people laugh like a Phil Silver or, you know, I went, I got to go to New York because people there laugh a That's lot. Right. Well, I mean, let me, get, let me get Bob on because he's got limited time because he's at uh, a gig and look how dapper he is. Wow. <laughs> Hello, Bob. Happy hey, birthday. Guys, how are y'all? I'm, I'm dressed up. Well, listen, I probably would dress up nice for you anyway, Richard. Well, uh, well, uh, well, we are all wearing, you didn't hear the beginning of the show, but today is tie one on day. And it's not <laughs> what you think. We're all wearing aprons because it's tie one on for Thanksgiving. <laughs> can, can I take that that tie one on differently? And have, you can. Have, have an extra martini after the show tonight? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, where are you tonight, Bob? So I'm actually here. I'm in my studio in New Hope. And uh, it is my, every Wednesday night, I've been doing this live stream show since the beginning of May, uh, um, since like May 3rd of 2020. So um, just like um, 
Deborah was saying, I, I mean, it just got us through the pandemic, performing for everybody. So we, we did this show twice a week, and then we, a year later, had to cut it back to once a week as things were going, you know, partially live, too. Um, and tonight's theme, we have a different theme every Wednesday night, and since my birthday is two days away, they're making it my birthday show. And someone gave me this jacket as a birthday gift, and so you are the first to see it. Wow. Well, happy birthday. So we've already talked about your birthday wishes, which we won't talk about on the show tonight. <laughs> but uh, so uh, uh, who, who are you expecting on the show tonight? Well, tonight, um, tonight's a little mixed bag of people. I know that you know, you might know a couple of them. It's uh, so um, uh, my friend Eddie Bruce is on the show. Oh, I love Eddie. I know you know Eddie. And um, a couple other dear friends like Amy Robideau, who's a regular on our, on our show, and she's just a powerhouse. She's just amazing. But my friends, um, Barbara Gursky and Stephen, Barbara Belfati, what's up, Barbara Gursky Belfati and Stephen Belfati, they were supposed to be, a, they came up with the idea back, I want to say it was like in October, early October, they wanted me to do a night of all William Finn. And we planned this great night, and two days before the show, Stephen's, uh, uncle and Godfather would ever die, and the funeral. The funeral was on the night of the night of um, the show, so they couldn't make it. So they're going to be on the show tonight. But we're going to do. We're not going to do William Finn tonight. We're going to do something fun. Because uh, I've I've I've, I've 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 narrowed down. There's only a few people allowed to do ballads tonight. <laughs> it's very limited on the ballads, and we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Some silliness. And um, a couple of my other singers that you probably would, don't know, but um, they're, we all know them. They're, oh, Jane, Jane Arthur, Jane from Odessa. Oh, wow, wow. Jane so when you're putting this show together, Bob, do you go in knowing what your opening number is going to be? Or is it something that you just think about when you sit down and you're all of a sudden live? Uh, fairly close to that. It, it's Because it, the, show, the show seems to, no matter what I plan, the day of the show, it keeps changing. Somebody's sick, somebody can't make it, somebody, something didn't work out, we keep changing it. And then as we're getting closer to showtime, I go, this is how it should start. Let's move this to the opening, maybe I'll just play. Um, that's all kind of last minute. And, so, and honestly, I'm not putting together the order of tonight's show till we're done, to, uh, till, till uh, as soon as I finish with you, till be 20 minutes before the first singer arrives to rehearse. I love it. I just absolutely love that. Well, today is National Jukebox Day. And uh, I'd ask everyone else before you came on, if you have a favorite memory of a jukebox, and if there was a particular song that you played over and over and over in that jukebox. I do, actually. That's so funny you said that. I've never told this story. That's really funny. It's that uh, the U.S. So when I was in, when I was in college, um, I started out in a community college. And then um, a lot, everybody went on to do their, uh, their, you know, their, their next two years at somewhere else. And I had several friends that went off to Berkeley. So in the summer, we all would pile up to, we all go up to Boston. And it was the greatest, what a great college town. Oh, and yeah. We all went one night to a Chinese restaurant that um, they, they said we have to go to because they had goldfish in the bar. Like the bar was clear tube around it and goldfish swam while you were having your drink. It was weird. Wow. Anyway, we saw, there was a jukebox in the corner and it was like early in the night. I want to say it was like 7.30, people were eating. It was kind of quiet, you know, like it was a little mellow. And I put money in and I, <laughs> I played the Rolling Stones Miss You. Remember that song? <laughs> da 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 da. Lord, I miss you. It was, their, it was the Rolling Stones' only like disco song. And it was hot as could be, and it just come out. And wait, it's not only did the song come on, it came on at 100% volume. Like, the whole place, like, everybody was scurrying to find how to turn it down. I threw this place into an absolute frenzy because I put money in to play that Rolling Stones song. And did you do it over and over and over again, but, or just at once? Oh, it was just that. It was just that once. That was my favorite memory of that. Because it's not like me and Rocky ever, Raccoon. I, I remember doing anything with the jukebox that that was memorable. Well, well, I'm going to ask you. I've got a pop up question, like I've done with everyone else. And the pop up question for you is: if you could pick up a skill instantly, what would it be? Oh, uh, something completely different that I never ha have done. Yeah. Well, oh. Okay, I'm not going to say singing because I've always wished I was a singer, but I'm not. I'm a, I'm a coach, but I'm not really a good singer. 
a skill. Um, uh, oh, uh, 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 boy. Um, I guess painting. Painting sounds like it looks amazing. I see. I still have no idea how people do it. Like it's brilliant. Um, so I guess that would be that. I, I have to think. Okay. Something and Bob, are you going to stick around for a few minutes, or do you have to rush off? Because I know I've you've got, got a show. Okay, so I've got some, you know, questions, and like I said, I've got a surprise guest that's going to be popping on in a little bit. Um, hopefully, she's going to make it on. Uh, she's dealing with her mother, who um, uh, she said uh, she's traveling with her ring light today. So hopefully, she's going to get there and get on. So I put together some random questions, and I will. I'm going to go around like a round table, and so stick around. And I'm going to start with you, Tino. And the question, the first question, oh, just as I say this, uh, I think she's coming on. So while I'm waiting, I'm going to wait to see. I, I see that she's logged on, but I don't see her face yet. So uh, Miss Cherry, can you see me or hear me? I can see your name, but I can't see your face. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions. As soon as I see your face, I will bring you on. So, Tino, the question I'm going to ask you is, what was the hardest apology that you've ever had to deliver? Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, um, well, I, um, I, it was an action more than, than actually verbalize the apology. I'm a little echo. Can you hear me okay, yes. Richard? I can, but you are, there is an echo there. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I stole uh, a, a who's who book from my, from my school library and I had it in my room for years. And every time I looked at it, I, I felt so guilty. My God, you know, I'm, I, I'd stolen it without any permission. And many, many years later, I took the book I went to the school during the day and just left it on the front entrance and left. And that was, that was like my apology for stealing the book. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when you steal something that you shouldn't steal? Marianne. I think I left a note. I, I, I left a little note. Or I can't remember. It was a... Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Marianne, a holiday question for you. What is a holiday tradition that you would like to begin something that you've thought about but that you've never implemented in your life? Oh, boy. Um, I think the first thing I would say is to call more people. Um, I, um, we used to do that growing up. Sunday was always family call day. Um, and gotten away from that. Um, I do have wonderful cousins and we do a Zoom every other Sunday. But calling somebody, and I know you talk about calling, Richard, um, and, um, and, and now I've got one or two cousins, maybe, and we'll call on the holidays. And honest, honestly, before you ask me this, I made a list and said, I'm calling so-and-so-and-so -and -so tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, calling more people on um, holidays. I'm glad that you met Joanna Gleason, who I've had on the show. She said that at the end of her show, she mentions to call someone on a Sunday night. Because traditionally, Sunday nights are the loneliest night of the week for a lot of people. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, and there are studies on this that people get mm. depressed. It's the week is beginning. Uh, they are, they, you know, people are anxious about the week ahead. Uh, there are a lot of reasons. But uh, Sunday night is, uh, and the people get nostalgic for what Sundays were like with their families many years ago. So Sunday mm -hmm. nights are... Uh, the one night that it's good to reach out to, you know, people that you haven't spoken to in a while. But that's a good habit to pick up. Um, so, uh, Deborah, the question for you is, what's the best gift that you feel that you ever received during the holiday season? Well, when I was about, oh gosh, I was, I was a tween and my older sister worked at, as a waitress at Charlie's Drive-In in Glencoe, Minnesota, which was about 10 miles from where we lived. And she bought me a chemistry set because she was, she was sure that I should be a, you know, a scientist of some kind. Well, 
um, I did all kinds of experiments with it. And I burnt things, etc. Then my aunt was, uh, she had gone, anyway, she was, she had to smarten her business so she could keep being a teacher. And she'd come down from Alaska to take classes at the University of Minnesota. And she knew I was kind of scientifically oriented. And they were working on dissecting a cow's eye. She brought home a cow's eye for me to dissect. I was fascinated with this. I have to say, I carry an anatomy coloring book with me. And if somebody says, well, I'm going to see the doctor, I go, what about? And I write it down. And then I realize that a medicine is not a science. It's an art form. And if you ask the same, if you find the same, it's just interesting. But those, that, that chemistry set um, was a deep, deep uh, gift from a sister that was 10 years older than I was. And she wanted me to, um, you know, reach for the stars, not just say you're going to be a waitress or a teacher, or maybe if you're really good and you can wear good heels, you could be an airline stewardess. Wow. She wanted me to be, but, you know, I, I still chose actress, but then you can be a lot of people. I, I've never regretted the science classes I took in college. Not one, not one moment. Not one moment. Okay. So, Bob, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm worried. Okay. okay. No, I'm going to put you on the spot. Your question is to share a song that you're thankful for. But rather than telling us, I'd like you to play it. Okay. Um, oh. I will, I would have to say it's this song. This is, this is sort of a song that's, um, in so many ways, it changed my life about music. Um, because um, it's a song you all know. But um, I heard this when it first came out. I think I was 10 years old. And a couple, it, it wasn't long after this that I learned that this song was, was not from 1969 or whatever year it was. It was from like 1934. And that somehow, um, it just, though I, I just, suddenly became so interested in music from the past and I would you know and then when people would give me old fake books I just was obsessed with going through all these songs from like you know way 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 before our time or back even our parents time um, so it it's probably my my love of the great American songbook which probably started when I was 10 years old was really because of this song um, and not long ago a couple of weeks ago, I did a show called The Tale of Two Cons, and it was um, uh, the music of Sammy Khan and the lyrics of Gus Khan. I'm sorry, wow. the lyrics of Gus Khan and, and then Sammy mm -hmm. Khan. And um, I, I had always wanted to do this show since I started doing my live stream show, and I finally got to do it. And because nobody talks about Gus Khan, and nobody in a million years would, if, if I, they'd say, Who's that? And I'd name 10 songs, they'd go, I know every one of them. Make a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, you name it. Anyway.
That is great. Thank you so much. Because my singers are starting to show up to rehearse. So. Well, thank you so much. You so made my you night. Me. You're the most gracious host out there. You're a, such a treat. And I love, I wish I could catch, I love listening to all the questions you ask everybody too. Well, thank you. We'll come back and do it again soon. Anytime, Rich. You just thank ask you. me. Thank you. Well, have a great Thanksgiving too. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take you off so you don't need to worry about it. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Oh, I just love him. Thank you. Uh, he used to book me uh, years ago. I was booked in uh Odette's in uh New Hope and he booked me in Asbury Park. Uh, just an incredible man. And it's great to see him here. I just love that man so much. So uh Tino, I'm gonna come back to you. What's a family uh cherished tradition uh from your childhood that involves music? Um well I grew up um you know my mother uh, always, always sang Neapolitan songs around the house. In general, she, she, she still does a lot of Neapolitan folk music and traditional songs. I can't think of anything specific, but um, I was just wanted to say that song that Bob just played. What a beautiful tune! I don't know if you guys ever saw a film in the nineties called Beautiful, called Beautiful Thing. Yes. Um, that, Yes, that song is played at the end, right? When it, when yes. the two boys are dancing around the whole council estate. Oh, oh what a beautiful film! But yes, I, I um, I'm trying to think uh, traditional. Um, yes, I would say around Christmas, obviously, um, whilst playing, uh, you know, games, there would be um, sort of famous sort of Neapolitan songs. But I can't think of anything specific. Okay. Uh, Marianne, uh, what's your favorite holiday musical? Oh, White Christmas. Oh, mm. I didn't even have to think about that, did I? No, White no, Christmas. No. I th yeah. That's yeah. the first thing that came to my mind when, when he asked you. I, I thought, Berlin, yeah. uh, you can't beat it. You just can't beat it. No, you can't. No, so you can't. Every it year, covers all the bases. Danny and I yeah. always watch yeah. White Christmas every year. And when we got married, I had interviewed... George Shakiris, uh, when I wrote my blog. And George Shakiris said, if you're ever out in California, um, let's get together. So when we went out on our honeymoon, uh, I told George Shakiris that we were going to be out in California. And one day out of the blue, he said, you're probably busy. <laughs> but if you're not busy, I'd like to come and spend the day with you guys. And George Shakiris wow. came and spent the whole day with us. We have we have remained friends since then. But he that him dancing in um, "Love You Never uh, You Don't Do Right by Me" with uh, Rosemary Clooney mm -hmm. is my favorite moment in the film. I love the film. There are so many wonderful iconic moments, but that moment in that film is just so brilliant. So good choice. And you can't go wrong with that. And at the end, when it starts to snow, I'm I'm a no. goner. No. I'm gone every time. Uh, Deborah Jean, what's your favorite holiday song? Well, I like the I like the message of "It's Christmas Every Day." I from Annie. Uh, Annie changed my life in terms of musical theater. Mm -hmm. I was performing on the street as a mime and I went, I can sing. And my friends are going, you can sing, you should audition. And I ended up being Grace Farrell and Annie. Wow. And, and in the uh, commercial. And I, I did background work in the movie. And I'm still friends with all the little girls that are now like grandmothers. Hello. <laughs> it, it sort of hits you. It's funny how that happens. It happens, but... Um, yeah, and there, it's Christmas. It was just like we were. It it sort of goes from black and white to Technicolor, and the girls come down in the, the fabulous dresses, and we would go. And when, when that show was done on the national tour, nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty one, it was uh, the, the let's say chorus line was touring, but then we toured, and we were. We were standing ovations and sold out. It wasn't Phantom yet. It wasn't the British invasion hadn't come in. And um, it was such a happy show, uh, I guess. So sometimes I think it's Christmas, Christmas every day. Like, And then, then it sort of goes into 
Christmas Carol, like Dickens says, may the spirit of Christmas be with you every day Absolutely. of the year. Yes. And so I like those two things. That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Tino, uh, uh, being on a positive note, when do you feel that you've come the closest to meeting a true angel in this business? Wow. Um, I um, there's been so many, Richard. Um, you know, there's there's been people along my path that that I've met by sheer chance who have been so instrumental in my career as a performer. Um, there have been there have been more than a few, really, and I'm eternally grateful to them. And I hope I, you know, can can sort of help or, or or be be an inspiration for the new the new performers that are coming out today you know i hope i can i can try and sort of share my knowledge and experience with them as well so but I, there's i just can't think of one 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 angel who, who has been there i, I think I, I i believe we all have guardian angels looking out looking out for us and i i know i've been through some really you know some really difficult times and uh and i've 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 always I've, i'm still here as the song goes you know i'm still yes, here yeah. so i think my friend howard tucker is still here and he gave me one of my great gifts this year he gave me an inspirational calendar and i have these pages that i pull from the calendar i'm going to read one of the pages from you uh, for you marianne and then let you run with it okay uh, it says, I can sometimes discern the optimal choice in any situation by evaluating how each option makes my body feel. Today's self-love action. Today, when making a choice, whether it's choosing what to have for lunch or choosing which project to take on, I'll tune into my body first. Uh, in there is a sense of physical knowing, like chills, relaxation, energy lightness, or energy heaviness about which choice is the optimal one, even if it's not the easiest one. Do you listen to those choices in your body? Yes, I do. And I have a yoga teacher that helps me with that and reminds us all the time to listen to what your body's saying. And she ends our classes with how does your body feel right now? So now I am more attuned. I am kind of able to step back a little bit and say, Marianne's thirsty. She's hungry. She's tired. She's anxious. She's, you know, and um, it's 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 helped a lot. It really has. And just being present, hearkening back again to the mindfulness meditation. It all ties in together. Being here now, being aware of what you're feeling at this moment, and your body will tell you. That's great. Now, Deborah, I think I know the answer to this next one, uh, but perhaps I don't. So finish the statement. The work I was born to do is. Entertain people. <laughs> Simple. It's right there. And you do it well. Oh. I had the good fortune, my God, to see her as Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, brilliant, 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 brilliant performance. I just wish that that performance would come back. It was just so brilliant. I am. Um, my mother said there was a there was a circular mirror at the end of their in their room. There was a mirror at the end of the bed, and she would often find me at the. I was making faces in the bed, trying to make me, you know, like she said. I never had to worry about Debbie. She was always entertaining. <laughs> what does that mean, anyway? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were so brilliant in that role. So, you know. And I think um, the moments that I think that really worked, Richard, is when I was just honest and not entertained. When Florence Foster Jenkins was just being very real with Cosmo. Uh, absolutely. And but some, you, I, I, it, takes, it takes years, it takes 40 years to be an actor and say, you know, less is more. That's right. And it has to be because you, she, she believed in herself. Yes, she did. And if you, if you, go in as an actress, well, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know, but if you go in saying, you know, this woman was off her rocker, you know, it, it, you know, I felt for her and I felt for her. 
I mean, at the end, my, my heart was aching. You know, you really brought the uh, the humanity of who she was. So you really were phenomenal. It was a lovely. That was a wonderful experience. And I remember seeing Judy Kay in previews at the York Theater Company. And I went up to her right away and I said, I just like to understudy you ever, you know, and it didn't happen that way. I did it three or four times after that, but I loved her. And I love Stephen Temperley's work. Such a wonderful playwright. Incredible. Uh, Tino, I've got a quote, and then you can run with the quote and what it, how it resonates with you. The quote is, compassion isn't about solutions. It's about giving all the love that you've got. And that's from Cheryl Strayed. Wow. Yeah. I heard a quote earlier today. I, I, I don't have problems. I have solutions I don't like. Wow. <laughs> um, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, compassion. I think, you know, we all have the ability to be compassionate towards our fellow human beings. We all have that in, 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 as a birthright. But obviously, there are people who choose not to, to tap into it because of fear, because of, you know, whatever, you know. But um, I think it's so important to, to, to feel compassionate, uh, for just, not just for people with less than yourself, or, but just in general, just to have, to have compassion, I think, is, is a healing uh, thing, you know, for everybody, um, regardless of your social standing or, or, or social class or whatever, you know. I think it's so important. Yeah, feel compassionate. Compassionate with yourself as well. Amen. Forgiving yourself for things, yeah. yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Hey, let it go. It's it's we've moved on. It's like Mary Ann was saying. Um, I, I do. I've been doing yoga with Armistead Morpin's husband, Christopher Turner, on 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 Patreon, and it's been wonderful. It's been so uh, healing because I've, I've. It's coming back to the moment. It's coming back to the present. That's 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 what makes life interesting and. And full of we miss our surpri Mr. surprise. You got him. <laughs> yes, I know. He moved to he moved to London with his. Yes, I, I, you know I've shared this story before, but you know for years, I mean, twenty years, I performed as Carol Channing. I, I'm sure all of you know that. But I was performing in San Francisco, uh, of all places, and one night I bring this man on stage, and I asked him his name, and he said Armistead, and I said, Oh, like in Maupin, and he said that's the one and of course the <laughs> audience was on its feet because it was Armistead Maupin and I that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> but it was a great moment so Marianne um, what have you listened to uh, when have you listened to your hunch and it was right on and you froze I'm sorry Richard and that's okay. It happens. I got, what do you listen to? Uh, when have you listened to your hunches and it was right on? When have I listened to my hunches and it's the right one? Mm -hmm. And it was right on for you. Oh, golly. Um, a lot of times. And um, a lot of times, you know, it's so funny. The hunches, you, you would assume that they're going to be a positive thing. Oh, I have a good feeling to go do this. I have a good feeling to do that. But sometimes your hunches are back away from the don't do that. And you think, and I think this happens with age. When we're younger, we think that's okay. That's okay. I can get through this. I can barrel through this. I can oh, forget the hunch, forget the, you know. And I think as we get older, I know for me, I really, you know, pay more attention to what, you know, Marianne is signaling me. Um, one, one particular hunch I got and it got me this, uh, apartment in, uh, where I live. So, um, uh, that was, that was a real one that, but that's one that vividly that comes to mind because that's pretty recent. That was just a few years ago. That's great. Uh, yeah. comment yeah. from, uh, Natasha Lombardi, who's watching, uh, from Portland. And she's, I just realized, I know you from a show I uh, love called Guilty off Broadway. Oh, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With Tony, with uh, Tracy Chimo. 
Yeah. Wow. Tracy Chimo was in that. Yeah. Oh, that that was a that was a fun show. Kira Simring directed. Um, yeah, we had a good time. Great. Yeah. Oh, uh, hello. My last question. It's also from the calendar. So uh, again, I'm going to read this. Uh, once a month, I like to do a loving self-inventory where I look at myself objectively and compassionately to determine whether I could live in a kinder, healthier, or more productive way. So today's self-love action. Today, I'll do a little uh, mental self-inventory. When I look at myself objectively, is there something I, could, I should be doing or facing now that I'm putting off? Uh, could I be kinder to myself and others in any obvious way? What's one unhealthy pattern that I could work uh, to heal or shift? Is there anything in your life that you're putting off that you need to focus on in terms of moving forward? I need to get back into exercise. I, I feel like I've lost touch with my physical sort of, you know, I used to run a lot. I used to do a lot of exercise, a lot of sports. And I've last few years, I'm not really done that much. So I think for me, I need to focus a little bit on my, on my uh, exercise regime and, and, and get healthy and fit again and feel good about myself again. Uh, not, you know, it's, I have a lot of things going on, which is very positive and a lot of great stuff happening. But I think that's, you know, it's kind of silly, but I guess it's important to me to, to have that kind of um, physical kind of um, um, exercise, you know, and, and, and feel good, you know, feel good about myself. Yeah. Just focus on it. And Deborah? Yeah. Um, I, I help people um, sort things out and I've lived in the same apartment for 44 years. And I recently had to empty out my, my partner's apartment. My, my partner died in April. Um, and then I, it's kind of like saying, I'm a hoarder. Hmm. Just admit it. No, I mean, let's face it. We all have more things than we really need. And um, I have, mm -hmm. I, 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 I was having lunch with a friend and he, he is so good at like, I, I brought these photographs. He said, tear them up. Don't say that picture of your husband. He left you. He cheated you. What do you have a picture of him for? It was like so healing. Like I have to, I just go to breakfast with him just to help him tear up those pictures. But um, I, you know, and then I go, well, do I need this many things? And I do an inventory. And I, and then I said, I said to him, I said, I guess I hoard. And he, and he said, that's the first step. <laughs> Admitting it. Admit it. And there are things because you just, and then the thing is when you live in 500 square feet for 44 years, if you get rid of things, it's a bigger space. <laughs> so um, we all do have to say goodbye to things, but things aren't, things don't matter. Experiences matter. People matter. Coming to do this show with you matters. Well, thank, I, I you. Really, thank you. So I'm going to say my, my closing remarks, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Tino. And then when you finish, you'll pick the next person. And then the last person who's left, when you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. It can be about anything that we talked about today that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you want to leave everyone with. And I want to tie a couple of things together. Um, going along with something that Marianne said about the phone call that I end every show with. And then Deborah Jean, I want to talk about what you just hit upon just now. Um, those of you who follow the show know that every Sunday night, because uh, Sarah McKee and I do a show called, and I'm going to pull it up because I've got the book right here, The Let That Go Show. And this is based on her incredible book called Let That Go. Because, and it's not just material things, it's other things that we let go of. Hurt mm -hmm. feelings, uh, feeling, uh, feelings of inadequacy, things that are no longer there that we hold on to. Like today I was reading a passage in the book and I'll just, about situations, and I'll just read uh, this quote. Courage is the power to let go of the familiar. Uh, and we hold on to certain things that are no longer here. 
And it's interesting, I am going to be appearing on the 10th. I will bring up my little promo. I'm doing a holiday show uh, on December 10th with Leroy Reams and Rita Harvey and uh, a lot of uh, incredible artists, Carolyn Montgomery, uh, John Patrick Schutz. We're putting this show together. And uh, as I've asked everyone to come in with two of their favorite holiday songs, and then to we're going to sit down and talk about their favorite uh, Christmas or Jewish memories growing up. Uh, and as I started putting the show together, a lot came up for me. Uh, memories of my grandparents uh, growing up in South Carolina. My first Christmas, my first Thanksgiving. Uh, tomorrow, uh, 43 years ago, uh, my first Thanksgiving in New York. I did what everybody traditionally does on their first Thanksgiving. I got up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, and then it was a, it was an orphan's Thanksgiving. I was doing a show called No, No, A Million Times No. And the lead actress in the show uh, cooked, uh, she was from Virginia and being a Southerner, she cooked a traditional Southern Thanksgiving feast in this small kitchen that was like this size and brought the entire cast together in this home. And we all sat on the floor because there was no room for us to sit at a table. And it's one of my favorite memories. And as I've gotten older, uh, I am minimalizing my life. I'm getting rid of a lot of material things uh, because there are no other things I got, you know, I sold the Carol Channing costumes I mean, the costumes that belonged to her uh, just earlier this year. I'm getting rid of a lot of things that uh, will bring other people happiness uh, because um, last uh, December, right after Thanksgiving, one of my best friends passed away and I was the executor. And she was 71 years of collecting and it was a lot to digest. And I tell a lot of people this and people do not want to hear it. I have a friend, if he's watching and I love him dearly, uh, he has one, he's a collector and he has one of the largest, I won't out him, but he, a certain iconic actress, famous redhead, Marianne. Um, he has one of the largest collections in the world of memorabilia built around her. His entire house is almost a museum to this actress. And I've said to him, what happens when you are no longer here? And he said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Someone has to deal with it. That's the bottom line. And I'm being a pragmatist. Someone has to deal with it. So organize, put these things together, do whatever you can to make sure that you're not leaving a lot of uh, missing links behind for the next person. Um, that's my message for everybody. Celebrate everybody. Um, as I'm going through the holidays, uh, when I think about the perfect gift, people are going crazy trying to go, oh my God, what am I going to get for her? What am I going to get for him? What am I going to get... I'm going to tell everybody right now, stop it. And all you need to do is put in a card, pick a date and a time, and let's do lunch. Let's mm. do dinner. Let's have real yes. life experiences together. There's nothing better. I mean, to do that with my friends is the greatest gift in the world. Uh, to sit around a table and laugh and have a good time, though it cannot be replaced. And those are the things do that this year instead of going crazy, uh, you know, depleting your bank account to please other people because mm. they're going to re-gift it the next day anyway. So that's what's going to happen. So as I do with every show, I do in the show by telling everyone to reach out to someone that you haven't reached out to in a while and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message but a phone call and let that person know what they mean to you. I've talked about this in the past. I'm taking a hiatus from Facebook. And the reason I'm taking a, a hiatus from Facebook is because I believe that people are substituting posts for real life experiences. And I feel that it's important that we all 
especially in the world that we're living in right now, began to reach out to each other once again. It's important. So do that. Um, as you know, my dear friend Sean Monagar always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I'm going to go a step further. I saw something, a meme that says, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. Some are in yachts, some are in canoes, some are in rafts, some are on tugboats. We're all in different size boats. Mm. But no matter what boat you're in, make sure you do it with a skipper by your side. And on that note, I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to turn it over to you, Tino. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody or whatever you're celebrating, Tino. I love you all. Thank you. It's yours. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much, Richard. You're a lovely, lovely man. I love coming on your show. And let's do more. Let's do lunch uh, one day, uh, you know, in England or America, wherever it is. And it was lovely to meet you, ladies. And um, I wish you all a very, very, very happy holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. And um, till next time, signing out. Bye. Marianne. <laughs> yes. Hello. Uh, thank you, Richard. This was just wonderful. Uh, Tino, it was lovely meeting you. Deborah, how great to see you again. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanksgiving is about the family we have, the family we make. Um, and may you all be connected with everybody that matters to you. And uh, till the next time, thank you again, Richard. Bye-bye. Well, happy Thanksgiving to everyone, especially if they're watching um, Eugene and Eva Forsen, who I'll be celebrating Thanksgiving with tomorrow. Uh, Eugene, I met when I was 10, and uh, we are celebrating Thanksgiving together again. Um, he is from Ghana. His family is extraordinary, extraordinary people. And I hope that every day between now and the end of the year, I continue to reconnect with people that have meant so much to me. And I hope each one of you can, can do the same because it's the best gift you can possibly give to someone to give them their, your presence in the moment. I wish you all a very fruitful and peaceful, may you have softness, sweetness, contentment, and peace. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.